0: Well, for those of you that are visiting, I'm doing a series on the Ten Commandments. Today, we're on the fourth one, and the title of my message today is, You Need a Day Off. If you would take your Bible and turn to Exodus 20, we're going to look at two verses together, verses 8 and 9. Exodus 20, verse 8 and 9. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days a week are set apart for your daily duties, your regular work. But the seventh day is a day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any kind of work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male, your female servants, your livestock, any foreigners that are among you. Today, uh, we're going to look and see what God says about taking a day off. He wants you to do that. I talk to people every once in a while. They say, you know, I haven't had a day off in two months. Well, God wants you to take a day off every week. And he spells it out in his word. Did you ever find yourself uh, as fatigued on Monday as you were on Friday? Do you ever feel really guilty about relaxing? Would you agree that workaholism really hurts families in America today. Well, the fourth commandment is all about that topic today. It is interesting to me that God has more to say about taking a a day off than he does about murder or adultery. Don't you think that's interesting as you look at the uh, Ten Commandments? uh, This is the longest of the Ten Commandments. It is as if he is saying, I want you to take this seriously. This is important. We need to think about it, pray about it, and then follow what the Word says. This is not a suggestion, it's one of the Ten Commandments. I find the commandment very clear. It's not hard to understand it at all. It's uh, not one of those that you have to refer to four different commentaries. To understand. God does not want us to work on the Sabbath. Uh, what does the word Sabbath mean? It means to rest. It means a day of rest. God says every seventh day, you ought to take a day off and you ought to rest. Mark 2, 27, Jesus says, the Sabbath was made to benefit man and not man to benefit the Sabbath. God says, I'm doing this for your benefit. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to to encourage you along life's way and to be there for you. The purpose of this commandment is to prevent uh, a burnout in your life. Early uh, uh, on in the week, Uh, You get into it. Your work is going great. Everything is fine. You get psychologically, physically, emotionally, and spiritually recharged as you come to that last day of the week, as you come to that time when the people of God gather together in his house with his word and his spirit. God is, is doing this as an antidote to us just falling out, burning out. Uh, having a lot of physical kind of problems. It is the prevention against the stress filled world that we live in today. When is it? Is it Friday? Is it Saturday? Is it Sunday? It, it's interesting that Muslims and Jews and Christians all celebrate the Sabbath on a different day. The Muslims celebrate the Sabbath on Friday, the Jews on Saturday, and Christians. On Sunday, I want you to know that there is not a single place in the Bible where it commands you to worship on Friday or Saturday or Sunday. In the New Testament, the first Christians took the Jewish Sabbath and began to celebrate it on Sunday in honor of Jesus' resurrection. In the book of the Revelation, in chapter 1, verse 10, John calls it the Lord's Day. And so it became a custom for the Christians to celebrate the Sabbath on Sunday. Well, what do we do to keep the Sabbath holy? God tells us to keep that particular day, that specific day, holy unto him. What does he mean by holy? Holy means to be set apart set apart from the other six days of the week. He wants us to have one day where we do something different than the other six days. We need to use the day, uh, first of all, to rest our bodies. Uh, Psalms 127 verse 2 says, God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. God is telling us that our bodies Need to rest every seven days. This is so important that God used himself as an example. He created the world in six days, and then on the seventh day, he rested. Was God tired? Absolutely not. He he doesn't get tired. He did it as an illustration, modeling for us an important principle for our lives. He's telling us every Seven days, take a day off. What I am saying is that you have now a biblical basis for a Sunday afternoon nap. (laughs) If anybody gets on you about it, just refer them to the passage that we used this morning. If you're burning the candle at both ends, then you're not as bright as you thought you were. Uh, You can get so many irons in the fire that the fire goes out. So you need to take a day off and rest. You can be consumed, as you know, by your career. There are a lot of tempting things that urge you toward working more. There's more money, more recognition, more promotions, more sense of fulfillment. All of those are powerful forces that say to us, work more. Work harder. You can become, as you know, addicted to your work. Our bodies were not built for nonstop work. So many retired people say to me, you know, I'm working harder now than I ever have in my life. Well, brother, sister, you need to take a day off from that. And you need to rest. God is telling us that no matter what we are doing in our life, we need to stop one day a week. Don't bring home your briefcase. We think we get more done by driving ourselves, by pushing ourselves, but efficiency experts have discovered that evenly spaced rest periods increase our productivity to an amazing amount. The old Indian parable says you break the bow that is always bent. The first principle of this commandment is that you rest your body on the Sabbath. Psalms 23 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Has God ever made you lie down? Uh, some people uh, that are workaholics, they think, I don't have time for that fourth commandment. They never take a day off. They work around the clock seven days a week. They end up observing this uh, fourth commandment in the hospital uh, where they really do uh, rest their bodies. It's like the old oil filter commercial that closes by saying, pay me now or pay me later. You may be one of those guys that says, When I relax, I just feel guilty about it. Well, Jesus relaxed. He never felt guilty about it, and you don't have to either. If God took a day off after creating the world, who are you to think that you and all that you're doing are literally holding the world together? You can resign from your work tomorrow, and you know what? The company will go right on. The cause will go right on, uh, even if you're not there. A reluctance to rest is a sign of immaturity and insecurity. When you are immature, uh, you don't like to rest. You remember when you had little kids? Uh, Did they want to all go to bed at the right time? No, they didn't. They argued about it. They fussed about it. They complained about it. They invented ways to stay up. Uh, They would say when it was time to go to bed, I need a drink of water. Or I need to see the rest of this program. or, Or I need to go to the bathroom. Or I need to put out the dog. Or I need to do this or that, whatever it is. They don't go to bed because they are immature. Any wise parent knows that if you don't get the children the proper sleep, that the parents are going to pay for it. And the kids, of course, will pay for it as well. So you force them to go to bed. Sometimes God has to make you lie down in the green pastures. So the first thing you do is rest your body on the Sabbath. That's not all you do because you're not just physically tired. You are emotionally tired as well. There are two kinds of fatigue. Physical fatigue is when your, your muscles get tired. Spiritual fatigue is when your emotions get tired. Spiritual fatigue is a far greater problem in our society because most of us don't do any kind of manual labor. We do things that drain our emotions. You can take a whole weekend off and sleep the whole weekend and go back on Monday morning and feel just as drained as when you left Friday afternoon. Why? Because rest itself is not enough. Rest will take care of the physical, but the fatigue is... We have that if we don't take care of the emotional part of our being. This is why God tells us to do two other things on the Sabbath besides rest. Americans are always in a hurry. Have you noticed that? They're always going, going, going. Uh, I hate to get in lines because uh, somebody's always trying to push in front of me. Uh, it's unbelievable, people think, well, you ought to understand that I've got important things to do. Get out of my way. Uh, that just drives me insane. We need regular doses of inspiration and encouragement. In the French Revolution, they were trying to throw out all the old laws. They said everything was wrong in our country. we got to throw out all of those laws. Well, one of the laws that the French had had was that you would rest one day a week. They said, no, we're throwing that law out. We don't need that law. We need to work more. We need to make our country stronger. The patriotic thing is to work all day, every day. Well, guess what? They had to rescind that law and establish uh, one day a week to rest after just about a month because the health of the French people just collapsed, so they went back and changed that law. You need the day to recharge your emotions. How do you do that? Well, that depends on who you are. We get recharged, of course, in different ways. We're all different from each other. There are three things that are universal that you need to build into every Sunday, your day of rest. Number one is you need a time for quietness. Psalms 23 says, he leads me beside the still waters. Some of the translations say, he leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. Quietness and soul restoration go together. Would you agree that we are in a world of noise pollution? Uh, You know, you get on the highway, people are honking at you. I used to honk back. I quit that. (laughs) Nowadays, if you honk at anybody, they're liable to shoot you. So I don't honk at anybody, no matter what they do. It's really hard to find a place today where it can be totally quiet. The Bible says, be still and know that I am your God. So you need to schedule a quiet period in your life. God says part of your Sabbath needs to be a quiet time. A lot of people use the weekend to recreate, never spend any time in quiet, and then they wonder why they're always so stressed out. There is a second way that you can recharge yourself emotionally. You can include time For your family. In American history, Sunday has historically been a day for two things for church and for family. It's been that since the foundation of our country. I believe those are are good ideas, good rules, if you would, uh, to follow. God wants you to plan some special time with your family. He wants you to do some things together. Relax, have some fun with your family. You're not wasting time when you're doing that. Number three is to include time for fellowship in your Sabbath with other believers. Of course, we're doing that right now here in in our church. We We stop our Bible study at 10 o'clock, and so we have from 10 to 10.30 every week to visit with some friends, to see some people that we haven't seen. I I noticed the Williams are back. I hadn't seen them in a good while, and I'm looking forward to visiting with them. They're dear friends in the Lord. You know, some folks are starting to come back, uh, even in August, if you can believe it. And uh, we're glad, of course, when, when they're here, a time of fellowship. We need to recharge ourselves in a weekend because we draw strength from being together. Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. Now, next Sunday when you come in and somebody asks you how you're doing, I don't want you to give them the 87 things that are wrong. (laughs) I want you to say something that would encourage them, something that would build them up in the Lord. Ask them how they're doing. Uh, You know, really uh, give them some inspiration, some encouragement. Uh, They need that. You need that. We get together to encourage one another. That's why David says in Psalms 122 verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Because we can rejuvenate ourselves with other believers. We need each other to encourage each other, to lift up each other. That's very important. In the book of Acts, we find in the early church that they took their meals together. Christians ate with other Christians. Many of you grew up in a church where on Sunday, uh, this family would invite this other family to come and have Sunday lunch with them, and uh, it, was, it was a great time. People look forward to doing that. It was a great time to visit, to kind of catch up on things, to pray together, uh, to bow their head in blessing together, thank the Lord for the food, the time. Well, that's a lost art. In our day. Uh, I think uh, one of the things that people are really missing today is this interaction with other believers. We really need that. That's a very, very important thing. So after church today, I want this half of the church to take this half of the church (laughs) out to eat so we can spend some time together. I'm thinking about a new program for our church in the near future called Good Food, Good Company. And this will be a time when our Bible study classes, our Sunday morning classes, get together and do something together. Because we get to know the folks in our class, but we don't get to know those folks in another class. Cindy and I are going to have all of the Sunday school classes up to our house and uh, we want to invite all of you to get into a class so you'll be invited to come. <laughs> we want you to, to get into a Bible study class where you get to know each other, and then you, you do some things with other classes. You get to know them as well. It makes us be a better church family. I would like to encourage you to really do that, become a part of the family here by going out to eat, by going over to their house, by watching a ball game together. I hope you didn't wait uh, last night to see the Florida game. Uh, some of you might know that they that game was supposed to start at 7, and it was lightning was going on, and they put it off, and they put it off, and they put it off, and I wanted to see the game uh, at 11.45, There was still lightning, so they called it off. So all the people that had driven to Gainesville from all over Florida, guess what? They were not happy campers. Uh, We need the emotional recharging of getting with godly people that will build us up, that will uplift us in what we're about. Another way we keep the Sabbath holy is to use the day To refocus my spirit. This is when we tune in to God. This happens to be the most important part of all of these different things. Psalms 95.6 says, Come let us bow down in worship before the Lord, our maker. Sunday is preeminently a day for worship. It is a day to focus, really focus on God, not to check out who has a new hat or a new dress or a new suit or a new this or a new that, to focus really on God. It is a time to remember what is important. It's a time to get a spiritual tune-up. We have some pilots in our church, a lot of folks that have flown at one time or another. Uh, They know Uh, that every plane has a compass in it. Uh, It's very important to keep the plane balanced. Pilots know that a compass has to be constantly calibrated because it will easily get out of adjustment. Your body and your life needs to be recalibrated every week because you need a day where you're off from all the other things that you do during the week, and you focus on some quiet time, some family time, and some real serious time with God Almighty. We need to refocus on that on the Lord's day. Worship does that. It helps us to bring into focus what is really, really important. The tragedy is that many of you take the day off use it to take care of their physical needs, uh, their emotional needs. They recreate, they have relationships, but they ignore sometimes the most important thing, which is their spiritual need. Your life can become very, very empty. It needs to be refilled with God's presence and God's power and God's love. We really need that. You see, America has turned Sunday into a fun day. Uh, We have taken a holy day and turned it into a holiday. Uh, So many say it's Miller time. Uh, That's what Sunday's all about. They go down to the beach for the ceremonial baptism. They anoint their body with oil. Then they lay prostrate before the sun god. Then they become a burnt offering. And that is their worship. <laughs> the problem is that they, if they have one thing that they need to do, it's not just work and play, work and play, work and play. If we think work and play is all life is about, we are really, really missing it as believers. There's a lot more to life than that. Mark 8, 36 says, what is good is for a man to get, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul we need to ask ourselves that question once every week what am i exchanging my life for this third thing refocusing my spirit is the first thing that we should do it's by far the most important Fathers, if you want a practical way to be the spiritual leader in your home, your faithfulness is to worship the Lord, be a good model for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Sometimes people say, well, I couldn't come, Sunday; My family uh, was here visiting. Well, that's the most important thing that you can possibly do is to bring your family with you, to be a good model. Uh, to be a good leader spiritually uh, for your family. You don't teach values uh, by sitting at a desk in a room. You teach values by modeling them. They pick it up uh, automatically. Every time you say, well, we're not going to go to church this weekend, we're going to go to the mountains. You are modeling inconsistency to your family. God says every seven days, you rest, you recharge, and you refocus. When you buy a car, you get a little book. And the book says, uh, do this maintenance. Do it at certain times, in certain ways, do certain things, and then the car will last for a long time. Our maintenance book as a Christian is the Bible. God says that if we do a certain thing one day a week, if we will slow down, stop, regroup, spend time in worship, then we will have a more successful life, a more fruitful life, and a longer life than any other way. The lifestyle Jesus offered is not a difficult lifestyle. It's the most logical lifestyle. He knows how you are made. He said, I came that you might have life, and you might have it, more abundantly. Matthew 11 says, Come unto me, all you that are weary and overburdened, and I will give you rest. That's what uh, the Lord wants to offer each and every one of us today. He wants to give us uh, those things. Today, if you're in the house, and for whatever reason, you have never trusted and believed in Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you today to do this, to say, Lord, forgive me of the sin of my life. I want to place my faith and my trust in you. Trust in him as your Lord today. If you've been visiting with us for a period of time, maybe today would be the day that you'd like to come and join our family, be a part of our fellowship, uh, help us as we try and build each other up in the Lord. However the Lord would lead, we're going to have a hymn of invitation. I'm going to stand right down here at the front. And if the Holy Spirit is leading you, you just slip to the aisle and slip forward and take a stand for Jesus who certainly stood for you. Let's stand together as we sing.